The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It is just a touch under eight minutes after 11 a.m. You are listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've just joined us, thank you so much for staying with us. It really has been an honor and a pleasure being in your company. The book reading, it's, it, it really, really has become a key a part of the identity of the show, right? In, in many, many ways. And, and we, in the, last ep, in the last book reading series, uh, Christy van der, uh, van der Vestesen, the author of Sitting Pretty, we had spoken to her. Beautiful, beautiful book. And you've been listening to, for the last couple of weeks, to the book that's currently on rotations, Bachelet Rabasutu. And an amazing story. Uh, one of those stories that uh, if you miss a single episode, you almost want to go back and download the podcast to make sure that you're listening to it. Um, and our podcast numbers are reflecting it. People love it. Um, and we we really are making, uh, building a, a community of literary followers very strongly here. Uh, but I want you to be a part of this conversation that I'm going to be having in this hour uh, with the author, Lesejo Munama who is with me in studio. If you've been following the book reading, what has been your favorite episode? What has been your favorite part of the story thus far? Give us a call. The number to dial is 86 I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the book reading so far. Uh, Lisekho Munama is uh, with a publisher in studio with me. And Zbatle Rabasutu is a book about Zbatle Rabasutu and Mbuiseni Zwane uh, and the woman in his life. Um, before we get into the book, Lisa, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Oliver. Thank you so much. Really, really, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure having you here. Before we get into the book, let's talk about you a little bit. Um, off air, you told me that uh, you wrote this in 2016, finished it in 2017, and only managed to publish it in 2021. But you started writing as a little girl. What's the first story you remember writing? As a little girl, I wrote mainly poems and, you yeah. know, trying to run away from the injustices of being, you know, being, growing up in a rural place. It's never easy. Yeah. Where did yeah. you grow up? I grew up in Pagiratlakana. It's on the outskirts of Mpumalanga, okay. 35 case uh, outside Haman's Kral. Mm. Yes. What's, when did you, is that when you knew you were a storyteller? Yes. Were you that, were you that child who was always busy telling story, whether real or fictional? Uh, or is it something that you loved listening to and what made you realize that you were the storyteller? I was a child who made sure that every school activity, I, I narrate a poem, yeah. I act, I go to debate classes. So, yeah, mm. always knew that I have to tell a story and try by all means not to miss the opportunity of telling stories. So little girl writing poems, but only much later in your life do you decide to publish. It's, 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 it seems to be a, a, a powerful story, right? Um, and when you wrote this, did you write it with the intention of publishing or did you just start writing and then later said, actually, this is something I can publish? When I wrote Sebastian Rabasoto, the intention was to publish it, get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Talk me, talk me through that journey of publishing. It wasn't an easy one for you. No, it was not easy. Uh, firstly, you're not known, you know, publication houses, Business-wise, mm. obviously, they can't take, you know, the chance of somebody that they don't know. I sent manuscript to three different people. And the fourth one, that is Balan Communication, I met her, Sizam uh, Timkulu, through, you know, a childhood friend. Yeah. Yeah. Rufus. And, you know, we she she 
Caesar is uh, Rufus' Facebook friend. They actually mm. never met mm. until, you know, at a later stage. But yeah, even myself, I only got to meet Caesar while the book was already published, you know, mm. when I was going to collect, you know, my complimentary copies. Mm. So mm. It didn't, it's been that journey of, you know, communicating via phone, emails and stuff, yeah. Mm. Mm. Did you cry? A lot. <laughs> you must have cried when you wrote the book. Um, I certainly had a couple of teary moments. It, it, it really will get into the story of it just now. But you, did you cry when you wrote it? Sometimes. Uh, certain, uh, you know, chapters, uh, you know, especially when Sibatha was saying, I don't think I deserve to be loved. Mm. Yeah. Unpacking, mm. you know, her story. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Are you working on a second one? Yes. Do you have a working title there? <laughs> uh, the second one is Mambele. Mambele yeah. is Mbuisa and his mom. Okay. Yeah. So the book then publishes in 2021. How, how was the reception? Very good, I would say. Very good because firstly, I'm not known. You were a first-time publisher. I'm a first-time you know, publisher and yeah, it has done good, you know. From the community wise, people didn't even know me, and yeah. Mm. It must be such a um, gratifying and and affirming experience to have to just hear that the country is listening to this book every single day for fifteen minutes of their day. This is a story that grips them. Yeah, very gratifying. You know, even myself, I get those unbelievable moments. Like, is it my name really mentioned on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, man, and, yeah. And, 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 and shout out to Karabo Koleng for voicing this so, 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 so well. Uh, it, 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 you know, her texture, vocal texture just gives the story so much character, you know. It does, it, it, it does. It really indeed. is one of those beautiful moments. Give us a call. What has been some of your highlights of the books? But I'd love to hear from you. 086-000-2032. This is a story about love. It's a story about Sibatle, but it's also a story about Mbuiseni. Talk to us about where where and how you conceptualized the story and, and, and the journey of love that you've taken um, the characters on? Well, it happened with, you know, it started with myself yeah. wanting to heal. I am a rape survivor and, you know, a child molestation survivor. And, you know, you go through patterns when you're healing. And yeah. at some point I wanted to get out the pain. I wanted to say, even if the pain did happen, but you can be a normal person, you can mm. lead, you know, a life, you can, be, you know, live life without boundaries and limitations. So, and the book actually started with a suicide note. Mm. One day I was going those, going through those emotions and I just scrapped the suicide note. I'm like, no, you see, I'm doing this. And, mm. you know, where can uh, a person be, uh, you know, you start you know, going through parts and obviously looking into my own interests, uh, music as one of them and, you know, and how the world now perceive people, you know, success, mm. given Buinseni is, is a very successful man. And, yeah. Mm. A suicide note is a very difficult thing to write, I would imagine. Yeah. Not easy at all. And not to spoil it, for, for people because the episode is not on yet. But there's a moment that Zbatle holds a gun to her head. Yes. Is and that's way towards the end. Is is that where you started the story? Yes. So you started the story at the end. Mm-hmm. 
So, Zbatlia grows up poor yeah. on the streets. Um, she quite literally is a sex worker in Butterworth and endures what life is on the street like. And later in her life, finds love, seemingly so, finds an opportunity to build a career, a very successful one, um, and just a new lease at life altogether. I want you to take me to the start of it all, um, where life was actually before she became a sex worker. Because that's character, that story and character development is 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 one that will shake you quite a bit. You have to pause a few times and just process it as you're reading the book. But who is Batlia before she became a sex worker? Before she became a sex worker, she is a child growing up in Mnambiti, being abused by the, uh, the aunt's husband and dealing with the trauma of losing both parents in a car accident dealing with the trauma of not being given opportunity to be raised by the paternal family mm. that was from Mafike. Mm. And so she deals with that, th- those those pieces of trauma as an adult as well in, yes. in, in her later life. Why was it important for, for you to, um, you know, inscribe into the story how she deals with grief of her parents as a child much later in her life? I think it's it's inspired with my line of work. I'm a child and youth care worker by profession. Yeah. And, you know, we see many kids and we have this uh, notion as normal people, I would say, that we normally say it's very difficult to raise an orphan child. But we fail to see the fact that there's been a lot of trauma that has been undealt with along the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what speaks to spoke to me into speaking to the Sabatla trauma from childhood and, you know, mm, until mm. she's an adult. And to say, if you leave it undealt with, whether you like it or not, it will come back to haunt you. Yeah, we've passed that part of the of the story in, in the actual book reading so far. But for those who missed it, how then did Sabatla become a sex worker? How did she end up on the streets? She walked from Mnambiti to Bartroworth. That's Sorry, where's Mnambiti? I am not. I can't <laughs> locate it in my mind. It's in KZN. So I'm. Um, yeah, it's somewhere in the KZN. It's a fiction uh, thingy. I just wanted to make a distance that you know, moving from Mnambiti to Badworth is quite a distance. Yeah, that's what that I'm asking because I'm trying to imagine how far did this woman walk? <laughs> she walked days in, days out. So along the way, she had to, you know, find means to survive and to get to where she was getting. Hence, their sex work mm. began. So it, it's something she discovered on her way to to to, to Butterworth, and yeah. that just became the life that yeah. um, that she lived. I, you know, when you write a story, you have to sort of immerse yourself into what real life of such a character would be in in the real world. Um, and you know, when you speak to sex workers and listen to their stories, it is deeply difficult stories to make sense of and really only in the psyche of a sex worker can you really understand that world how did you immerse yourself into building that part of the character journey uh, like i've already said i'm a child and youth care worker yeah. so we talk with with people and i've been very involved in the community and you know stop and listen to somebody and hear the story no matter what you think of them and then you'll get the feel so yeah, and I think also being a survivor of rape myself, mm. 
yeah, it gets to that point where you f- do th- like it's done to you and somehow you feel dirty, you don't like it. Mm. And yeah, you can imagine it's a journey that I traveled when I was still a little child, around about between seven and nine years mm. and up until I was 20. There's a character in Zbatli's story on that journey that's an important part of the story. Tell us about it. It's Brapet. Yes. Brapet is the friend of the late father, Mujani, that is Zbatli's uh, father. Brapet is the helping hand. It's the one who found, you know, Sibatle mm. and assisted him. Uh, mm. Sorry, assisted her in her journey of discovering herself. So then tell us what Brapet then says and does to Sibatle on this journey because there's a sad part and I, and I just want to read a, a little bit from it in a short while where she tells Brapet how she ended up in Butterworth. That moment seemed to be quite defining for their relationship as well. Yeah. Talk to us about that part of the story. Well, it's her, you know, hold, living in too with that picture and uh, uh, chasing a dream of parents that she doesn't even, you know, know that much. It was She was only an infant when the parents died and all that. And Brapet became the father that she never had. The mm. father that she longed to have. Mm. Yeah. So, and gave the fatherly love that she also needed. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and th- I want to read this part because Brapet plays an, an even bigger, important role at this stage, right? From the day he took her in, however, she was not used to staying in a normal home and she, as she had stayed on the streets for a long time. In the middle of the night, she would run away to the only place she called home, the streets. The comfort of the mattress bed wouldn't be compared to the comfort of sleeping under bridges with just one blanket and a refuse bag. She just could not get used to the idea of having a home and being a child again and getting taken care of. On the street, she had to fend for herself, see to it that she had food. She had clothes on her back and had to guard her spot so that it doesn't get stolen. It took a lot of Brapet's perseverance and persistence for Zbatle to end up accepting his home as her home as well. This is the important part for me. And over time, he made her attend the rehearsal of the orchestra. And in no time, her God-given talent got hatched and came back to life. Subsequently, she joined the team and her talent was nourished, then flourished. From strength to strength, she grew and she made a name for herself, both locally and internationally. She inherited both her parents' talents and put them into good use. It was totally impossible her it was totally impossible to tie her down to one talent because she was just multi-talented her beauty and humanity topped the cake the amount of commitment she showed didn't match her age many people her age group who joined the rabasutu uh, symphony orchestra didn't stay long perhaps it was because the musical group was closer to what she was in search of knowing her parents and getting to feel love so if it wasn't for brapet there she would not have had the career she ended up having. No ways. Through the years, she took home many awards and won, warm, and won and warmed the hearts of her fans. She wrote many songs for the orchestra and on many occasions helped compose the music. Brapet just couldn't forget her first performance in London. She took the, Lond- she took the London S- Symphony Orchestra by storm and with great surprise. Out of a petite body, came sounds that serenaded the audience and left them in awe. It was no doubt she was the first miracle and would, and the world may probably 
have to wait for few generations for another's bachelor suit. I I recently was told a story, and I'll tell the story with the person. It I recently had lunch with what was the first professional op- opera singer in South Africa, and I asked him, "I'm like, man, you grew up poor." ironically also had to walk crazy distances to get this uh, opera singing career started both him and his wife went and studied at Juilliard and you know performed with many symphony orchestras including the London Symphony Orchestra and it was also a, a, a story of pain and strife but when you imagined Zbatle taking the world by storm what part of you as an author was that fulfilling? Getting the message across, getting my name across. I, I once say to a cousin of mine that Lise Khomunam is not just a name, it's a brand. So Sibathe, you know, finally had hashed, being hashed. It was me being known. It was me getting across the world, you know. Mm. Yeah, me being here today. It's something that I, you know, had in mind that Lise Khomunam will be a name that will, you know, be known Mm. to many. So Zbatle then becomes this world-recognized protege. Tell us about her story from that day, Brapet took her to her first orchestra practice, and that's where the world opened up for her. What became of her story after that? It was a story of success, a story of, you know, being able to help, being to be helped by somebody. Obviously, it was not easy for her to accept the help, and it was hair being built from strength to strength, Mm. you know, realizing the talents, finally falling in love with her parents, even though they were not there. Remember, she was in search of love. She was Mm. in, you know, now that she's recognized us, oh, this is Mujanang's daughter, that Mm. to her is like, wow, I'm loved. Wow, I'm recognized. Wow, I can finally, you know, belong. You know, a Mm. sense of belonging is very important. So to Sibale, it brought her a lot of sense of belonging and, for her, a journey from Mnambiti to Bartholworth was not in vain because mm. all that was achieved. And, you know, she carried her father's name so well. So then to the, uh, I guess, the drama of it all. At what point does Mbuiseni enter her life? Mbuiseni enters the life when the orchestra was performing at, you know, the, the engineering function where Mbuiseni and a friend who happened to be, you know, Again, the father is the friend of, of, of the Brapet. Uh, they were there, you know, they were being celebrated as South Africa's most, preacher, uh, you know, also successful engineers. Mm. And Buiseni sees about her and recognizes her, but she just can't, you know, put, where did I see her? Her voice sounds familiar and stuff like mm. that. And shortly after that, uh, Brapet wants to retire from the music industry and then he wants to build an auditorium. Mm. And as an engineer, he's trusted to, you know, oversee the project and they meet. And now Mbuiseni cannot fight, you know, what he felt for Sabatle. And yeah, they fall in love. Mm. Yeah. He is himself a little bit of an artist, is he not? He is. Yeah. Is <laughs> How much of that common ground? Because Sabatle didn't know that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and he took her by surprise, and I'll read <laughs> that particular poem as well. Mm. Uh, but what was the thing that drew them together? What made Zbatle fall in love with Mbuiseni? 
for the first time, a young man was able to listen to her. For the first time, a young man, you know, looked at her without wanting to take advantage of her. Mm. And he listened in a sense that, no, you deserve to be loved because Sibatla said, I'm unworthy of love. Mm. And Buisen was not going to buy that. And Buisen was willing to walk, you know, the path with uh, Sibatla, you know, going back to Mnambiti, revisiting, you know, those skeletons that she hid well in her closet and never wanted to visit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But Sibatla wasn't the only woman in Buiseni's life. Yes. Mbuiseni's journey in love is as important in this book as Butler's journey in love. Take us through Mbuiseni's journey in love. Mbuiseni's journey in love, he fell in love with Mapi, Mapindi, yeah. who, you know, left him high and dry and went with the ballet, you know, and to Russia and never came back, but comes back at the later stage. So Mbuiseni also fell in love whereas himself was hating and he was very reluctant to actually give love a chance because mm. of how he felt after Mapindi left. Mm. Yeah. And so he then meets Batle yeah. and they're building a thing, but then Mapindi comes back. Yes. What happens? You know, all feelings are rekindled and he's torn between two worlds. Mm. And that is mostly what, you know, brought Sibatle the heartache because she thought, now I got my one. Now it's all sorted. Mm. Now, you know, for the first time I'm falling in love. And now pain comes again. And kids are there, but you have to share your husband with another woman. And Buiseni still deeply loves Mapindi. Mm. Yeah. What are you trying to tell us about love in that instance? Is it complicated? Is black romance impossible? Black romance is not impossible, but love is complicated. You can never stop loving someone. You, you know, you decide to stop living with them based on certain, mm. you know, findings or broken expectations. Yeah. Mm. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. I'd love to hear from you. 086-000-2032. I'm also going to take your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Yeah, it's half past eleven, and Musa has your headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. It is just after half past eleven. I'm in conversation with Lisoko Munama, the author of Zbatle Rabasutu, a book about Zbatle Rabasutu and Muiseni Zwane and the women in his life. I maybe then very esoterically, Lisoko, I want to ask you about. You say black love is not impossible. Um, and black romance is not impossible, but love is complicated. Um, talk to us about the story of romance here. Um, because now Zbatle has a situation where her, the man she's fallen in love with and, and, and gave her a new sense of self loves another woman. And they've built a life together and she has to navigate that. Um, you know, it, it, it's a very, very common common story um, in, in, in how we experience love. Um, in the midst of all of that, why is what you say about black romance still a reality? It's still a reality. It's only a matter of, you know, making choices in life. Mm. Making choices. And, yeah, it's very difficult to choose who you love. 
But now you need always, for me personally, it's like, remember why you left in the first place. Mm. You know, and build on what you have, not on what you could have mm. had with a person, you know. Yeah. Mm. So, Mbuyuseni, when you developed that character, he's an engineer, you know, has this love for Mapindi, unrequited love, and later becomes uh, fulfilled and requited, and um, is with Spatle and he's got this artistic side as well and r- writes b- really beautiful poems um reflective of his own psyche and all of that um w- why was it important for the story for him to have that element as well it's unlikely that you'll think of an engineer somebody that <laughs> is creative who has the ability to express themselves so good the importance of that was to for me to you know to say let's kill the notion of saying a man cannot talk, you know. In Tswana, we normally say, Monaginku. Men are human, men they have emotions, men they also go through stuff. You know, men are also sometimes undecided or struggling to decide, you know, whichever way, but men are human and they have emotions like women do. Yeah. I want to read this part and then you can tell us a story that built up to this moment and what comes after this, right? Okay. Uh, Mbuiseni clearly strode understanding there can never be a perfect moment than the present one. He signaled to a man who was standing behind the kiosk and suddenly an audio was played. Crippled by emotion that at their peak, I cannot deny this. Held captive by the adrenaline-like feelings. I cannot escape. I don't want to escape. I want to stay, if possible, forever. Indisputable I stand. I might possess the might I possess and the courage I own succumb to this. Indisputable I am and for always I will be. Indisputable I am for I cannot fight destiny long awaited. Who fights a smile that is so genuine? Who fights absolute joy? Who fights peace? Who fights I am you, you are me, we are joined together, we belong. Who fights this knee weakening connection? Indisputable can I be forever. Trembling with joy, much more like I can't believe. Need I pinch myself, perhaps I would believe. Indisputable, I remain for the joy I attained. I don't want to leave. My bubble of peace remains intact. Don't burst. How do I How do I dispute when your touch warms up my frost-stricken world? When your eyes light up the world that once darkened? When your voice soothes a wounded soul? When it is evident we belong not in the past? When it is very much clearer that our present is limited, when it is without question that we are rooted in the future, how do I dispute? Indisputable I am, failing to see the need of being otherwise. Indisputable I remain. Who disputes a pounding harmony of two hearts beating? Who disputes a twin-like resemblance of two smiles? Who disputes when birds are in agree- when birds sing in agreement? Who disputes when trees swing in agreement? Who disputes when clear skies give heads up that all is clear? Who disputes when joy contained is reflected by flower beds? Indisputable I am, indisputable I remain. Indisputable can I be forever be. Spatley didn't know that Mbuseni was a poet as well. As to when he wrote and recorded this, she wondered. He did not only manage to melt her with this one, but defied all defenses she thought she had. Why did Mbuseni write this poem? He was a man who was trying to reason out of love, but love overpowered him. You know, indisputable he remained because Mm. there 
is the love that and the connection that he felt towards Sabatle. And, you know, I would say it's normal of every man or every human being to say, I want to go home to somebody. I want to build mm. a home with somebody. I want to belong, you know. I want to have that person that I can trust him or her with, you know, my innermost mm. secrets. And it's 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 beautiful to feel vulnerable in love. That's mm. what the emotions that uh, Buisani had. And, mm. you know, being an artist himself, he needed a way to get the me- the message across. He needed a way to reassure Sebatle that this is how I feel and this is where I see us going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were a sequence of events that led up to this moment where he decided to play that for her. Mm-hmm. What what were the sequence? Walk us through those sequence of events that brought us to that poem. Well, it's the fight. They, 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 you know, they're fighting his feelings. Mm. And now, because Butler was was angry yes. at that moment, yes. she was ready to walk away. What happened? Sebastian was ready to walk away because of you know the pain, and Mbuiseni captured him with the thoughts and the love, and Sebastian was an unsure of love is him herself, and Mbuiseni also unsure, but. He was playing, you know, that last ticket, the last kick of a dying horse to say, I need to reassure her that I am here to stay. Mm. Yeah. And them being in, you know, being from different worlds, it's like, do I know you? How do I trust you? Type of situations. Mm. Mm. I didn't get that far into the book, but what does he eventually choose? Because he is at this crossroad where it's Mapindi on the one hand and Zbakla on the other hand. <laughs> Do you think it's safe for us to tell? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps not. Um, Continue chilling me. <laughs> you will find out. <laughs> she doesn't want to spoil it for you. Give us a call. 86 We're having problems with our WhatsApp line at the moment. Uh, so if you did send us a WhatsApp voice note, do consider giving us that call. 86 Tweet me. It is at Oliver underscore speaking. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. You are listening to The Talking Point. We're discussing the book readings by Clara Basutu, written by Lisa Homunama. Who's with me in studio right now. It's been a fascinating and fantastic conversation. Give us a call, 86 Let's go to the lines. Ontatile uh, in Pochestrum. Ontatile, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm well, I'm well, Mama. Go ahead. I'm good. Um, I just want to say, say her hi. <laughs> can uh, seems like we have uh, issue with our. Can I ask you to put on those headphones, Elisa? Just a second, on Tatile, just so we can make sure that okay. Lisiko can hear you loud and clear, uh, so that your message goes through to her. Uh, what's okay. your comment? Um, I just want to say that um, she's such an inspiration. She knows how to how to make a person, you know, um, focus and imagine whatever was going on. I mean, you can even paint a picture of, 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 of Siwake in your own head. And um, it's not just that, the fact that she's working with kids as well. And she's, she's, so, she's so aware of her environment that um, she, can, she can just feel whatever it is that the orphans are going through. That is amazing. And considering what she went through herself, I mean, she was able to still continue and give us an honest story regarding uh, 
something that she, she, she imagined that someone else was going through. So I just want to say thank you. We haven't had um, this kind of fiction in a, in, a, in a very long time in South Africa. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Um, I read she and I, I really enjoyed the book. I'm, I'm still not done with it. <laughs> oh, did but, you buy yeah. the book? Yes, I did, and 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 she's actually she's actually punctual, very professional. I got it within three days, and yeah, I'm I'm really grateful. Mm, thank you so much for that. I really, really yeah. do appreciate it. Yes, thank you, thank um, you. She's an awesome, she's an awesome lady, Mister. I just want to say we love you. We really appreciate it, and I can't wait for the second book. And may you continue. And whatever it is that you have, that's an anointing. It's not even a gift. So please. Carry on, continue, and make us all proud. You have a friend. <laughs> thank you so much, Tatile. Okay. I know you, Tatile. You'll stop talking. Uh, thank you so much, sisters, and I'll address you like I normally do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it means a lot coming from you, and yeah. No, do wait for the second book. It's coming. Thank you so much for that call. Really, really do appreciate it. You speak often, uh, quite, quite quite a bit about how this part of your own life journeys you've injected into the book, perhaps not all of it, but quite a bit of it. How therapeutic was this experience to you writing this book? Very, very therapeutic uh, because, you know, now I am able to stand and say I'm a rape survivor. I don't mm. say I'm a rape victim anymore. And it, helped, it has helped me to heal and mm. learn how to love again. Mm, mm. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, and People like Ondatile clearly can relate to parts of the story. I think many people can relate to parts of the story, and, and and that must be so encouraging. As you're going through writing a second book now, what is it that you learn in the journey about the first book that you're holding on to and making use of in the in the sequel? What I've learned with the first book is, you know, when you take a pen in your hand and put it on paper, you are in power as much as the pen is mm. in power and continue telling the story. And I've also learned the stories that people want to hear. We we, we don't yeah. talk about social ills and dysfunctional families that much. Mm. And mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fezwe in Queenstown. Fezwe, good morning. And good morning, Lucifer. Morning. morning. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Fezwe. Yeah, I'm calling to congratulate Lucejo on this great book. She is such a great author. She's relatable. The story that she wrote is actually capturing not only the soul, the, 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 the heart, but the mind as well and the imagination. The the other last time um, I was reading the book, I think it, I was listening to the book, I think it was on Thursday, where... She was visited by the friend um, who knocked and left uh, the guy with Sibase. I could picture very well what she did. The storyteller was like telling the story. It's a great book. It's a great book. It, I love even the way that it's being narrated on the radio on SASM. Thank you so much. I think, and there's no doubt, doubt in my mind, but a lot of people who've gone through similar experiences will find healing and move on. It's such a healing book. Thank you, Lucifer. 
Thank you so much, Fezwe. I really appreciate it. I've got a tweet here from Matilda Malope who says, I'm captivated by the story behind Zbatle Rabasutu and, mis- and how it's narrated. Can it be repeated at midnight as one misses episodes during load shedding? I certainly will ask uh, the powers that be here uh, for a, a repeat on this. Uh, just a little for those who want to buy, actually buy the book. Uh, is it still available? It was published in 2021, so I'm, I'm hoping there's still copies available. Where can they get in touch and how can they get it? We still have copies available. If you are around uh, Jobek, go to Soweto, Vilagazi. Yeah. Vilagazi African Curious. Yeah. And if you are in Pretoria or, you know, anywhere in the world, I think Untadil has already said I'm quite yeah. efficient. Uh, uh, you can get. How, how can Fezwe in Queenstown get it? Because that's far. Uh, is there an online portal? Not yet. But Fezwe can get the book on 076-62-55157. Let me repeat the number again. It's 076 Call that number, text that number, order your copy, and they'll make sure that you get it. Thank you so much, Lizro. Congratulations on this and all the best with your next book. It really uh, has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, Oliver and the listeners. That brings us to the end of this. We're back with you tomorrow here on The Talking Point from myself and the team. It's bye for now. On the other side of this, it's the book reading.